0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Thursday, February 22nd. Glad to be able to be here and sending out these messages over the Light and Truth radio network. I never get over the fact that God has granted us the privilege to preach over this great radio outreach and i thank god for his blessings i want the lord to use these messages not to what's the word i'm looking not to impress folks or not to give me a platform but rather for god's glory that sinners might be saved they might come under old time conviction and really be converted to christ that saints might be strengthened And I really believe that preaching the Bible, line upon line and precept upon precept, verse by verse, I believe that is how you strengthen the saint. That is how you sow good seed and expect a harvest one of these days that would be a spiritual, biblical harvest. Amen. We are in the midst of our annual Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. We're meeting at 1030 each morning. Dr. C.R. Kirkman is preaching to us through the book of Ecclesiastes in the morning services. And then at night at 7 p.m. each night, we are meeting and airing on the radio, the evening services, 7 p.m. Brother Scott Suttle and Brother Dale Massengale are preaching each night. Brother Suttle pastors the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Blacksburg, South Carolina, Brother Massingale pastors the Pleasant View Baptist Church of McQuady, Kentucky, and we're grateful to have these men preaching for us each night. We'd love to have you come and be a part of those services. Let me just mention a few things by way of prayer request and blessing. Brother Hall was able to be with us yesterday morning and night in the services and trusting he'll be able to be here again tonight. We're excited that he's back in Madisonville for a few days, that he's able to be with us in the services and keep him in your prayers, and I'm glad he's he's looking well, and God's blessing him. Keep praying for Brother Mike Herford, who broke his wrist and having some issues because of that. I know some others, uh, Brother Steve Thrin fell and broke his arm, I think, and having some of the same issues. Keep him in prayer also as well. we got church members with family members that are sick and afflicted and problems, and we're asking for prayer requests on those also as well. And so if you would, remember these matters and pray that God would bless. But pray that he'd meet with us in our Bible conference. It's not just educational. We want it to be inspirational, and we want it to, to be a blessing to the people of God and really a blessing to the Lord himself to glorify his name. That's what we want for this broadcast. That's what we want for our services. So if you would, pray with us on that. Well, I appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the program. I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as this is one we pulled from the archives that I preached right into the radio mic a few years ago and we're discussing why we use the King James Bible. Well, right before we go to our scripture reading in Matthew chapter number four, here's a song by our family that I hope might be a blessing to your heart. All right. I hope that song was a blessing to your heart. That's a good song entitled The Price of the Book. I heard it just a little while ago on WSOF Radio Play and and the uh, Rochester singing that. That's where I think our children learned that song from. I hope that was a blessing to you. And uh, the song's talking about the bible and how important and precious that the bible is how that the martyrs they took that bible that's what gave them the truth got them out of that false church got them out of false religion and idolatry brought them to the lord and brought them to the true church and then many of them died quoting those words or hugging and loving those words amen many of them they came to burn their bibles they said you'll have to burn me to get my bible and so they died with their bibles clutched to their breast i'm telling you what a what a precious Precious sight that is. It do us good to fall in love with our Bible as well. Amen. Fall in love with the Word of God. I'll have more to say about that as we go along. Well, we're looking at a Matthew chapter number four and verse number four. The Bible says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I'm glad that the Lord Jesus is talking there, quoting there, from the Old Testament, a scripture that was written in the book of Deuteronomy and penned down by the hand of Moses, no doubt. And Jesus is quoting that in the face of the devil and in the temptation time there. And he is saying that man needs every word of the word of God. Amen. And so I'm preaching today in this series entitled, Why We Use the King James Version of the Bible. And I'm dealing with the fact that saying that our church is a church that has decided to stick with the old King James version of the Bible. Many times it's called the 1611 King James or just, I call it the King James Bible. That 1611 is based on the original printing and release date. People say, Well, you can't you don't use the sixteen eleven. Things have been changed. There have been updates. For example, the most major update has been the typesetting from old English uh to the common usage of Roman English. Amen. Instead of the Gothic, we've got the Roman print, and it changed some of the spellings of the words and things such as that. But other than that, it's the same Bible. Amen. Thank God it is. That's been preserved unto this day. But I'm talking about why we use that. And I've said before, I'm not primarily my intent although I have talked about these other versions told you the errors and the faults and the failures of these other versions that's not my goal my goal is not an expose on those versions my goal is to build up and explain why we've chosen to stay with the old paths and the old King James Bible now I said already and I'm not going to run over these in in depth I want to get to my point I preached about there are theological reasons, and that is primarily that many of the translators of these modern versions are theological liberals. Their bias shows forth. They don't believe in the miracles of the Bible. They don't believe in a miraculous Bible. They don't believe in a miraculously preserved or inspired Bible. But I believe that it's miraculously inspired. I believe it's miraculously preserved. Amen. And then, because they don't believe in the miracles, it changes what they print and what they say, and so they've changed the Bibles, all right? Then there's not only the theological reasons, but there's the textual reasons. That is that many people in the pew do not realize uh, that these other versions of the Bible are actually translated not from the same received text that the King James Bible was translated from. It's a whole new different Greek underlying text, a different Hebrew even, uh, but a different text underlying it. Those texts come from these Catholic monasteries and Catholic pens and so they would tend to do what the Catholics have done that is to change and to twist even the the, the words of God. So having said that I'm not going to change my Bible because I've got a theological reason. Amen. I want a Bible that was penned down and was translated by men that believed in a Bible and believed in a God that did supernatural work. I also want a Bible that has the right text and that's the King James Bible. Number three is the philosophical reasons. You see Christians ought to be interested in the very words of God. Not just his thoughts, but his words. We ought to be interested in those words. Now, there's two kinds of theories in translation. There's what's called formal equivalence, which is what the translators of the King James Bible used. And then there's what's called dynamic equivalence. The formal equivalence seeks to express in English what the words say in Greek or in Hebrew. But the dynamic equivalent seeks to express the meaning of the writer, not what he said, but what he meant when he said. Now, here's what I believe. I believe when God had men, when God moved on holy men of old, as the Bible says, to pin down the very words of God, I believe those men pinned down the very words of God and not just a thought. They didn't just get an idea and then express it like they wanted to express it. No. I believe they got a thought from God. They got the very words that God wanted them to say and they pinned down the exact words that God wanted them to say. Amen. Now, for example, and I'll say this about these ideas of just getting the thoughts. The so-called Living Bible does not even pretend to be a translation of the words, but rather Just a translation of the idea. See, Dr. Kenneth Taylor wrote the Living Bible and he freely admitted that it was his paraphrase of the scriptures. In other words, the Living Bible is not a Bible. It's Dr. Taylor's paraphrase of the Bible. You ought to keep that in mind and make that distinction. Now, I mentioned that sadly, Dr. Taylor's paraphrasing is not always helpful, even though it claims to hold, quote, a rigid evangelical position in his theology. He does not hold that because in 1 Samuel chapter number 20 and verse number 30, he introduces vile profanity into the Holy Scriptures. And by the way, he does so without any warrant from the original text. There's not cursing in the Hebrew. There's not Cursing in the King James English In this text and there's not Cursing in, should not be cursing In his, but there is, he brings out Cursing, vile, profanity Now there are things that King James Said that we don't use those phrases In that same way today And maybe you might say well that's a cursed word And if it's used out of context It might be, but the words that Dr. Taylor used, I would not dare read Over these airwaves, I would not dare read them even in a church Service because it's perverted and it's vile profanity. Amen. When I was a boy, they, those words he used were fighting words. Amen. Uh, but I, as I you shouldn't have that and call it a Bible. It's not a Bible. It's a paraphrase. Now, there's a very popular New International Version. It comes from dynamic equivalence as well. In other words, dynamic equivalence, they say, gives you the thoughts, gives you the ideas of what it says. The looseness of the NIV's translation is admitted by... By the publishers and are well known the NIV has 64,019 fewer words than the King James Bible has they leave out many words God said don't leave out one they left out 64,019 words Revelation chapter number 22 verse number 19 and if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book now they just completely leave them out sometimes they put these words or verses in brackets, and the margin will say these are not found in the most reliable texts and that sort of thing. Well, the scholars that did the translation work of the NIv and I use that word scholar pretty loosely, but the scholars that did the translation work believe that it is possible and even beneficial to put into English what the scripture writers really meant to say rather than what they actually said by the way. One of those quote-unquote scholars on the translation committee for the NIV was a woman by the name of Virginia Mollenkop. Virginia Mollenkop was known to be practicing lesbianism. She's a known practicing lesbian. You can look her up on the Internet, Google the name, you'll find this out. She saw to it that the word sodomite, which is what a homosexual is, a sodomite, she saw to it that the word sodomite was completely eliminated from the NIV. And the, quote, sin of sodomy, unquote, is never mentioned as sin in the NIV. Now, the King James says very powerfully, very strongly that it is sin. And we may say more about that in a little bit. But these scholars that gave this translation of the NIV believe that it is possible to give you the thoughts. Now, how do you know what those authors and writers were thinking? I'll tell you how you know, because what they said. That's the only way you can know. When I'm reading a book, for example, I'm reading a commentary on the book of Matthew. Let's say I'm reading Matthew Henry's commentary. How do I know what Matthew Henry's thinking? The only way I can know is to know what he said. Amen. And I'm telling you, God said what he meant and meant what he said. Amen. But they think it's not only possible to th- to know what they're thinking, but they think it is beneficial for you to know what they're thinking. And so they think that it'd be better that a better translation is to tell you what they were thinking rather than what they were saying. Amen. And that just gets so confusing. But one of the great problems with this approach is the element of interpretation that is introduced into the translation process. In other words, the man that that's reading that Greek, he interprets it for himself and then tells you, this is what it means to me and I believe this is what it ought to mean to you rather than saying, this is what it says in the Greek. To translate is to put into English, to take what's in that original, whether it's Hebrew or Greek, and put it into English is translation. To interpret is to explain its meanings and so they're saying they are translating the Bible when they're not translating it they are interpreting it amen now experts will say that a translation does involve some interpretation even when it's not the object of the translators. However, much more interpretation will go into the composers of these new versions when they convey the thoughts rather than the words. They're not telling you what the book says. They're telling you what the author meant to say. All right. Now, advertising for the New International Version has often included references to the translation of Job, chapter number 36 and verse 33. The promoters of the NIV ask us which version is easier to read, and here's what they'll do. They'll, re- they'll give you the King James Version, which is what it says. Is, the noise thereof showeth concerning it, the cattle also concerning the vapor. Then they'll give you the NIV version. His thunder announces the coming storm, even the cattle make known its approach. Now, I'll say this, without question, the reading of that particular verse in the NIV is clearer. However, which translation more accurately represents the meaning of the Hebrew words in that verse? The truth is, it is a hard verse to be read In Hebrew. It's a hard verse to be understood in Hebrew as well as it is in the King James. And any good technical commentary will tell you that. Amen. These NIV translators make it clearer than the original Hebrew makes it. Actually, the NIV interprets for us what the translation committee thinks the passage meant or means, rather than what it says. You see, the King James Version tells us what it says. And it leaves to us, as much as possible, the business of interpreting what it means. Amen. Now, this is an important distinction. If we let the translators interpret the Bible for us, we might as well be letting the priests do it for us. You see, that's what the Catholics wanted to do all along. They wanted to outlaw, and did, by the way, when they were in control, outlawed the Bible. Amen. They burned people at the stake. They burned people in piles. They, they threw them into rivers with a sack over their head and their Bibles clutched to them or maybe even chained to them. They burned them. They killed them. They destroyed them with their Bibles because they hated the Bible. And they said, that Bible will confuse you. And when what it was doing, that Bible was opening people's eyes. They were coming out of the Catholic Church. Amen. They were coming out of that harlot and was coming to the true knowledge of God, the true faith of the Bible, which has nothing to do with, Purgatory has nothing to do with sprinkling babies Has nothing to do with praying to saints Has nothing to do with praying to angels Has nothing to do with praying to Mary Has nothing to do with praying to the priest Or confessing to the priest Or letting the priest tell you what the Bible says Amen Uh, Listen I am not anti-Catholic I am pro-truth And I'm trying to give you the truth of the word of God Amen Amen. But uh, some people say Well now doesn't the preacher tell us what the Bible says Sure he does but he expects you, and, and every preacher I know that's worth anything will tell you you ought to read your Bible and you ought to pray and you ought to let God show you whether these things be so or not. Amen. The Bereans were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they searched the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so or not. Amen. Amen. And so don't let the translators interpret the Bible for you, or you might as well be letting the Catholic priest interpret the Bible for you. Our belief is in the priesthood of every believer. We believe believe that every believer has the right to read the Bible and interpret the Bible and believe the Bible as it says and as it speaks to him. Amen. And so that causes us to reject such highly interpretive versions as the NIV. Amen. Now, in days commonly called the Dark Ages, when the Roman Catholic Church held power over most of the world, the Pope and his henchmen, as I said, outlawed the reading, the memorizing, or even the owning of a Bible. They claimed that it was because the Bible was so misleading that only the educated in, quote, the church and in the priesthood could correctly interpret it. However, some people began to translate the manuscripts out of the Hebrew, Latin, and Greek languages into the language of the common man, This eventually led to the sanction of a new translation by King James I of England, which produced what has come to be called the King James Bible. That is the Bible we intend to stand on. That is the Bible we intend to stay with Amen. Now, I'm closing out with this point. Listen, these philosophical reasons. Listen, I want a Bible that tells me what God said. Because I'm interested in the words. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I want to know the word of God. Don't you? Amen. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there, but Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Let me remind you once again that we are in the midst of our annual Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church and Brother C.R. Kurtman preaching each morning on the book of Ecclesiastes. That is each morning at 10.30 a.m. And then at night, we've got Brother Scott Suttle and Brother Dale Massingale preaching each night. Brother Suttle is preaching on Second Chronicles 7:14, what is known as the recipe for revival. Brother Massingale is preaching from the Book of Deuteronomy on be not deceived. We'd love to have you come and be with us in those services. again that is at 10:30 a.m and 7 pm. Monday through Friday of this week. Again, Brother C. R. Kirkman, Brother Scott Suttle, And Brother Dale Massengale preaching for us in our Island Ford Baptist Church annual Bible conference this week. Located at 1415 Island Ford Road in Madisonville, Kentucky. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepard saying good day and God bless you.